0: crew call on mrn.com is presented by money lion the world's most powerful financial membership money lion here we roar and also brought to you by hercules tires ride on our strength
1: it's not monday not Tuesday, so it must be Wednesday, and it's MRN crew call presented by Moneyline. I'm your boy Rocco, aka Rocco, and I'm here with Oren Osowski. Uh, what's up, Oren? And I also got Nick Covey, the bearded one. I'm a little, I'm a little jealous, you know. Not all of us can um, obtain the the facial fortitude that you have, you know.
2: The hey, some of us have to shave <laughs> at certain teams, so I'm just lucky to keep it.
1: Yeah, you're right. Hey, I. But if you did have to shave, would you be the type of guy to shave anyways? I don't I just don't see that man in you, man. I just man, feel it's like it's been
2: like nine years. I have no clue. <laughs> I don't even know what my chin looks like anymore. Orange just grew a beard. No,
1: well, actually, no, you've no, always had a beard. Thomas Cruff. <laughs> it's always like this. Jack Mann and Tire Changer for the number 47, driven by Priest. What's his first name? Ryan. Ryan, oh, no, that's his name. Ryan Priest, number 47. We don't pay drivers any attention here. It's all about the crew members here. <laughs> But uh, thank you for joining us today, guys. You know?
2: Sure. Thanks for you. having
1: us. Fresh off a night race in Kentucky, man. Just jumping right off the back. Do y'all like night races compared to other races or you don't care? I love them. <laughs> I'm the
2: exact opposite.
3: <laughs> Why? Why do you love them, Oren? It's too hot to be running during the day. Mm. I'd rather, if they have lights, do it at night. All right. All yeah. the time. I
2: don't, I don't know. I just like it. to get up and get it on and get rolling and get home hopefully before the sun comes down. That's <laughs> that's my biggest thing. I mean, you sit around in a hotel all day, yeah, and then you get to the track, you sit around for another five hours, and then mm-hmm. your race is another four hours. Like It's just a waste of three days last week, really. I mean, the morning part is.
1: Covey is the type of guy who just likes to get in and get out and get her done, you know? so.
2: That's it. That's
1: the best way to describe it, you know. What are the, what were the vibes like out there in Kentucky? You know, um, the pack, the brothers won, the Bush brothers run. Yep. I mean, that that was exciting from my my perspective watching the race. Not being there, I was like, oh man, this is dope. You know, they're going first and second, and then it just seemed like normally when that first place car gets the lead, you can't catch them. You know, but so it was dope seeing how Kurt Bush, you know, could haul them in. You know, and then at the same time that leader just doesn't check out, you know. So watching it from TV, it seemed fun and exciting, you know. It didn't seem too crazy or anything stood out. What about, from your perspective, being there, guys? Anything stand
2: out, or what was your overall vibe? I mean, I'd have to agree. Um, I was telling the guys, which I don't normally do, um, (laughs) that I was up watching the big screen for a while because, I mean, the leaders I felt like at one point I don't know how many laps it was, but if a lot of laps. Where there's like the top <laughs> four or five just kept going at it. Like I don't think they were passing back and forth too much, but mm-hmm. they were literally like racing. Like yeah. not one guy, like you said, just pulled away. So I mean, I think it was, uh, I think it was pretty good for the
3: fans in the show. I mean, mm-hmm. being able to compete with all that. Yeah, I guess the the new package they don't get strung out like they used to. Yeah, you know, leader be ten seconds ahead. But uh, I
1: think the big test would be New Hampshire this week because that was a sleeper for me. Like, I fell asleep on pit road numerous of times uh, um, at New Hampshire, in Loudoun. Mm -hmm. So um, just with them applying that um, the PJC or whatever, the sticky stuff, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm curious to see how that's going to affect the race, and maybe we won't be falling asleep so much during pit stops. Right. You know, or maybe that's just a problem that I had. I don't know. But that's neither here nor there. But anyways, (laughs) (laughs) JTG racing, guys, and – what a lot of people don't understand is that, yes, you are the pit crew for JTG number 47, but you are athletes from Hendrick Motorsports, right. recruited yeah. and trained by Hendrick Motorsports, subleased out to JTG. So you're providing JTG with a, a, a service, you know, of athleticism. You mean, how do y'all feel about that? How did that come about? Because let me start with you, Oren. You've been at Hendrick Motorsports for nine years. So yeah. if you're 19 years old now, you started when you were nine, right? No, That's how I remember you. Come you're on, always man. a little kid to no, me, I'm, man. I'm 26 now. Oh, yeah. you're 26. Oh, yeah. so you're grown. Kills
2: me I've been there 10 years
3: and I'm 32. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> you're grown now, man. How did that come about, man? Um, I started an internship in high school. Okay. working In the carbon shop and in the chassis shop as well. And um, had a friend I worked with who was doing a truck at the time and he trained at Phil Horton's place. Okay. Through ATC. Yep. Uh, it's something I kind of always wanted to do. Try out. So I went, um, bought a gun from Shane Parsno, changed tires on 48, uh, Alan Quickie's team, long time. Uh, bought a gun, went over to Phil's place, started practicing. Well,
1: he goes by Coach Horton now. I wish you would call him Phil right around these days. He'll yeah. make sure. You've been
3: around away for a while. So it's been a while, I guess. It's been yeah. a
1: while, but yeah, Coach Horton, and, and you.
3: I started uh, doing some market deals with him, um, and then I started kind of trying to get over at Hendrick. Mm -hmm. through their development um, program. So then I started going down the practice pad during lunchtime, working out, hitting on the practice hub.
1: So did you obtain that internship with the goal to be a tire changer one day?
3: No. No. No, I uh, it was just um, to go work in the shop, really, kind of get my foot in the door. So you are a mechanic. Yeah. Gearhead. Yeah, so then it just kind of took over from there.
1: And your father... Expose that to you, right, because he works at Hendrick Motorsports as well, correct? What's his role and his Um,
3: duty? He's in the fab shop. He's been there about 25 years now. Hmm. Uh, All moved down from Montreal when I was like 18 18 months old. So that's the whole reason we're down here Mm -hmm. is because of Hendrick. He got a a job offer down there. He got uh, that
1: Rolex now. 25-year Rolex, right?
3: He's a 20-year Rolex. 20-year Rolex. He's got (laughs) it.
1: (laughs) So look at you. Following Daddy's footsteps, came all the way down from Quebec, yeah, from Montreal and then um, started out as a gearhead. You wanted to be a mechanic, found out about tire changing, all right, and you kind of infused yourself in the developmental program and kind of worked your way up. That's the only team you've been with since then, right?
3: Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I was just always out there on the practice pad, and either they got um, really want to give me a shot or they just got tired of hearing me mm-hmm. uh, hitting lug nuts during lunchtime, so they're like, I will give them a shot. So I still had to deal with the full <laughs> combine and all that, um, which I've never run a 5.10.5 or – <laughs> that kind of drill my life, but I had to train for it. Yep. You know, I wanted to do it, so I had to train for it and got lucky enough to get on little, the team.
1: A little different than our man Nick right here and how yep. he got involved, you know, Mr. Big Nebraska Cornhusker. Yep. And we want to delve right into that when we get back. Stick around. I want to jump into how Nick Covey, our Jackman extraordinaire, got into the sport and made his name as well and how he fashioned that beautiful beard that he has on his face. We'll be right back Move more from MRN Crew Call. <clears throat>
0: Did you know that banks collected over $15 billion in unnecessary bank fees last year? Come on, enough is enough. It's time we took back control of our finances. That's why Moneyline is proud to bring you the financial crew chief and to be a NASCAR sponsor. Look, no one knows more about hard work and pursuing their dreams than NASCAR fans, drivers, and teams. So we want to bring you the kind of banking that the big banks would never build with features like zero-fee checking and zero-fee investment accounts. And because life is also meant for a join, with Money Lion, NASCAR fans get even more. We're giving away 1,500 NASCAR tickets to our members this year. Plus, you can get 5% cash back on NASCAR tickets at track purchases and all purchases at NASCAR.com. Learn more at MoneyLion.com or download our app. This is America's most powerful financial membership. Money Lion, here we roar.
1: Clutch Coffee Bar in Mooresville, North Carolina is redefining the drive-thru coffee game in Race City, USA. The Clutch experience is fast, friendly, and delicious. Quality drinks and unmatched customer service is the name of the game. Clutch Coffee Bar offers signature lattes and mochas, custom flavor-infused energy drinks, smoothies, and more. Over 25 flavors, there's something for everyone. Visit our two locations in Mooresville, 356 Williamson Road and 154 West Plaza Drive. Open daily from 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. Power up today with Clutch Coffee Bar. And we're back to the MRN Crew Call presented by Moneyline. We're talking to Oren Osowski. Say that three times real fast. Oren Osowski. Oren Osowski. Oren Osowski. The Big O with the (laughs) nickname. Speaking of the Big O, before we jump right into you, Nick, I wanted to talk to you, Oren, because, you know, the route that you came through was a a tough one, you know, Mm -hmm. and you had to have patience. There were times when, you know, I'm sure you wanted to be a starter. You were going through development and you were overlooked a few times, right? That happens. Yeah. You know, what was it within you that kept you at HMS so long and, you know, a lot of guys in your position, they will, you know, test to see if the grass is greener or, you know, hey, am I being respected or should I be starting now? What kept you at HMS for so long? Besides the fact that your dad would probably whoop you if you didn't. No, stay there. I mean,
3: I I mean, no, I'd, he wouldn't he wouldn't do that. I mean, he wants the the best for me, but um no, I mean, it's just we're at a position now where, like, the majority, all the cup teams are running good pit stops, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's almost like there's there's no reason kind of to, to really make a big change like that. But coming up, um, it's all about just putting in, like, all that work. for. I mean, you have to do those deals of those, you know, getting tires late, mm-hmm. right before the race, blowing up. Like, you have to go through that.
1: You have to because you appreciate it,
3: right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, doing all those deals, you know, it just – they always say it gets easier as you move up.
1: And what you're explaining is the fact that you didn't fly to all your racetracks early on in your career.
3: Oh no. I mean, doing all those ARCA deals. I mean, you're, I'd leave at two in the morning, drive to that New Jersey, that road course, mm-hmm. um, do the race, drive it back, get back at two in the morning. <laughs> like you get paid really for the ride. Yeah. You know, you show up at the racetrack, there like three, four hours, but I know. So the guys that still do that, like the Excalibur and all those guys, I have a lot of respect for them because I've, done it and it's tough like it's a tough grind mm-hmm. um, it is but yeah no it makes you appreciate you know flying on planes and so, doing all that
1: so you'll acknowledge that you're a grown man now i mean and you got a fat you're about to start a family now Ooh. let's see these slideshows let's see some pictures here of old Orin. you know <coughs> and what you got here explain that so that's a beautiful picture what track is that oh uh, that was daytona we, i'll put that up on my wall
3: i know i gotta get a one of those canvas prints made of it that or is that's a nice picture. daytona the july race last year oh i know oh, that guy yeah. You yeah. might as well call me Daddy in that picture. Back in the backup days, when we had, you know what, Warren? Go run them tires. <laughs> remember
1: that guy to the other side of you, remember oh, yeah. him? <laughs> yeah. who's this lovely lady? That's old girl. Ooh, say her name. That's Kayla. Make her happy. Yeah, outkick your coverage again. You mm-hmm. know, everybody on this show they outkick their coverage. You know, y'all have some lookers
2: mm-hmm. on this
1: show. You know, so describe her. How does she feel about your career and you moving up as a tire changer?
3: Uh no, she's she supports me, and she's uh, not a hater.
1: Oh, no. You don't have to act like you're having the most miserable time ever when you're on the road? No. When you're in Vegas or you're in Miami, oh, this is terrible. No, as no you're on she's the, cool. With it. You don't have to do that? No. Well, you're lucky. <laughs> 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 Nick Covey, on the other hand, let's talk to you, Nick. So, oh, corn, ha- corn Cornhusker, Nebraska Cornhusker. I remember when I met you as a, uh, a rookie, rookie year at HMS. He came in, bald head, no beard. Looking like a linebacker. About 280 pounds, two eighty Somewhere in there. Beast mode 280. Yeah. Now all you do is eat cardboard and, and um, grass now and um, well, grow, be- grow hair. And yeah. Fruits and vegetables. Fruits and vegetables. No
2: cardboard. <laughs> I don't know how I would uh, how that would feel coming out.
1: I want to show pictures of your family because I think um, there might be someone responsible for your eating habits and your whole lifestyle change oh, yeah. now. And, you know, look at you. There goes Nick Covey. We already know you live in the water. Love it. <laughs> you love the water. I love it.
2: From you, who's that? That's wifey, that's Jessica.
1: That's where wifey, oh, yeah, Jessica. Shout it's out to Jessica in, uh, Co- or Puerto Rico. The reason why you don't eat meat anymore. Shouts out to Jessica. That's it. Tell me about this diet you're on, man. As we see, look at your pictures, there's a track
2: picture right there. That's looking nice. It's just a uh, plant based uh, vegan diet, man. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. And you all fruits, vegetables, and we try to do low carb, and that's it. What about your great. kids? Are they, they on the, the same board way? With you? Yeah. They're the same, same way, way. Yep, they don't, they didn't have a choice. If you would describe
1: your sons and your kids, your two sons and your daughter in two words or less. Wide open. <laughs> all the time. All the time. So they get that from daddy. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah just go, 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 man.
1: So um, can we play the video of Nick Covey back in his younger years? And um, just a reminder to all of our listeners, you can listen. You can watch all of our um, pictures and our videos on MRN.com or the Motor Racing Network fan page on Facebook. And you can get a view of... Uh, uh, these gentlemen's lovely families as well as um, if we can play the interview that we had of you, it's about a two minute interview and um, I think that you hit some good points and we can gain a very good understanding of who you are Nick Covey
4: High school football players all over the nation dream of performing in front of sold out crowds in the loudest venues in the world That's exactly the road Mountain Ridge grad Nick Covey has driven Well, kind of The 2005 Mountain Lion grad is now the jackman for the JTG Doherty Racing number 47. Lifting a 3,300 pound car in stadiums exceeding 140 decibels. Nearly twice as loud as an
2: NFL stadium. I started playing football in like sixth grade. I got pulled up at the end of my freshman year and then I played uh, three years on varsity level.
4: The linebacker tight end hybrid helped lead the Mountain Lions to multiple 5A Northwest region championships and Mountain Ridge's only state championship appearance in 2004. After an injury-riddled career at Nebraska, Kobe's athletic career appeared to be over.
2: Played a couple games, a couple snaps here and there, but, I mean, for the most part, it was mostly just surgeries and school and practice for me and a lot of rehab stuff. Shoulders and knees and just surgery after surgery. I couldn't seem to keep my ligaments together. Until an unexpected call came in from NASCAR. A guy named Jack Stark was affiliated with Nebraska and affiliated with Hendrick Motorsports, and they were starting to do a, a pit crew combine tryout type of thing. I got a phone call about two months after the tryout and they said, hey, can you move to Charlotte in two weeks? And I said, yes, sir, (laughs) and that was basically it. When it comes to carryover from the gridiron to pit road, besides
4: athleticism,
2: the only other
4: significant ability Kobe uses is an athlete's vision.
2: Like I can see my changers going all at once. It kind of helps with your perception. I think growing up and playing sports, you kind of learn that you can feel a guy on your side or you can see a guy in front of you or past you. You can kind of look through things.
4: After a decade on pit roads across the U.S., Kobe knows none of this would be possible without his time in Glendale at Mountain Ridge.
2: I mean, got me to where I'm at. I'm at now. You know, it got me over to Nebraska uh, with a scholarship there, and then led me up into racing.
1: Arizona, man. I, I read a little bit
2: too. Your father tried you out a little bit in quarter midgets, mm-hmm. and then it was like a year or something. <laughs> it was. It got to the point where it was like, hey, this is expensive. You're pretty big. You want to keep doing this or go play football? And we chose football. Jimmy Spencer did
1: it. You know, he's a pretty big guy in a race car. I think that was my dad's
2: excuse to not have to pay for it.
1: Hey, I agree. Yeah. It is very expensive. And, you know, sticking ball is so much easier. Right. But um, was it anything like you expected once you got into it? What's that? The Pit crewing.
2: Um, no, not really. I didn't realize uh, you count on your other guys in a different way. Yeah. Rather than, you know, hey, like on defense, right? If you're going to make a tackle, like, you might have five guys that can come help you make that tackle. Mm-hmm. If you miss a peg, like, Oren's not going to come over here and jack the car for me or be mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm not, like, I'm going to slide that peg over there for the Jake, take your jack plate and put it here for mm-hmm. you. So it's really like you count on them to do it, but you have to do it yourself. Exactly. It's, it's two different ways. It's kind of hard to explain that. But. No, no,
1: I understand 100% on, on what you're. Right. On, on what you went through with that. And then I also want to talk about, well, you said you were injury riddled, you know, yep. at the same, you know, during college, you know, snapper two here. And then when the call came for you to come to Charlotte, you were right on board, you mm-hmm. know, but the same thing could happen with our careers here, you know? So that brings me up to a good point. We have what we like to talk to call the financial crew chief. And it's presented by Moneyline in this section. We look at ways that we can prepare for those things when they happen, when you are benched when you're not the starter anymore, and that could be a, hu- a huge hit to your wallet, mm-hmm. you know, because the difference in pay, let's just say in pay from a starter to uh, a backup, could be over half, you know, in, in the situation. <laughs> yep. So with that being said, let's start with you, Oren. What are some things that you're looking at besides pit crewing, even though we know you, you're you only 19 years old? <laughs> you know?
3: um, well, I mean, still at the time, I kind of still work on some special projects over at Hendrick. Special, yeah, I can't can't get into it too much, <laughs> um, but uh, still, it allows me to still keep up on my like fabrication skills, mm-hmm. welding, and all that stuff. So you know, one day, maybe move into some sort of shop role. But I mean, I'm still still s- so young. So You have man.
1: a skill set. You have a trait, you've, you've yeah. trade. You you learned a trade in with your hands and welding and yeah, you're a gearhead. Yeah, that's what we call you. You know, gearhead, darn mechanic. You're the ones we didn't like when we were just. <laughs> Coming in as athletes, and we didn't know what a nine was or a half an inch was. I, you know, what that was. You were over there laughing at us yep. behind our back. Like that's a nine sixteenths, <laughs> Tony. You guys can just look at it. And, oh, that's yeah. a half inch.
2: <laughs> nice.
1: I can do that now, right? You know, what about you, Nick?
2: <laughs> now nah, um, How are you my planning? wife and I are trying to do a few things outside. Uh, we have a one big goal is to do a food truck. Uh, mm. We make a lot of, with uh, talking about. Food oh, with your earlier? diet, with yeah, your diet. A lot of people ask us certain questions. Some people come over for dinners or whatnot. Um, they always say, oh, there's no meat in this or there's no dairy in this. And Let they me love stop you. our food. Let me
1: stop you right here because you just made me remember a story. When we were on a plane once, as soon as you get on a plane, all you do is smell this very pungent, this very overpowering smell of uh, beets. And I don't know what you would. I, I don't think it was beets. I don't know what Anyways. it was. Anyways, the pilot comes out. And right. he's asking you what you're eating. And then a the right. flight attendant comes and asks what you're eating. And you're sitting there holding a infomercial session in the plane. I'm like, can we take off?
2: Because right. <laughs> C- right. Cubby's
1: explaining his meal, right? right. So that's right. what
2: you mean by that. So a lot of people ask questions about it. So <laughs> mm-hmm. we're talking about possibly in the next year or so opening up a food truck. And uh, everyone that comes over seems to love our food. So we started selling some salsa on the side. We started selling some hummus on the side. A lot of guys at work. And
1: Can you replicate bacon?
2: I don't
1: even have any desire to. You're you're so far gone, gone. man. I'm out. You don't even have the urge. for it. (laughs) You're gone. I'm out. Man, I'll pray for you, homie. (laughs) 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 Nick Covey and his diet in the food truck. And then we have the gearhead, Oren, who probably will be a a shop foreman or some type of special project fabricator at at, at some point in time. That's what y'all are looking at for life after Pit Crew. And um, you have to do it, guys. You know, and for our young athletes out there, you know, every race is never promised. Tomorrow's race is never promised, you mm-hmm. know? So many, there's so much turnover that goes on with the things that we do and, uh, and the personnel on these teams that you have to not only stay at the top physical fitness and uh, on top of your game, at the same time, you have to play the game right, right, you know? So, with that being said, I mean, what type of tires do you drive
3: on your car, on your vehicle?
2: Oh, I drove the wife's Jeep today. It's got, like, 35-inch, like, mud tires on it. How
3: about you? Uh, I got some Nittos on there, and Ooh, they're, like, 18. Got Wheels are 18.
2: Well, with that being said,
1: Hercules Tires is giving away a free set of tires every month. Right. And you have a chance to win a free set of tires mm-hmm. every month. All you have to do is go and register online at HerculesTires, HerculesTires.com, backslash MRN to register. And with that being said, I'm going to be right back with more from Nick and Oren. your chance to win
4: a set of your very own Hercules Tires. Go to HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Simply register and each month we'll give away one set of tires. Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry leading mileage coverage to get you wherever you need to go, no matter where the road takes you. Register now for your chance to win a set of Hercules Tires at HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Hercules Tires. Ride on our street. At the Goddard School, teachers customize lessons so children can explore their interests, have fun, and learn the skills they need for success in school and beyond. From infant sign language to pre-K students tackling STEAM learning, our Flex Learning Program or Fun Learning Experience is grounded in research that shows the most genuine learning occurs when children are having fun. Our teachers leverage this through lessons inspired by children's imaginations. To enroll, visit GoddardSchool.com. The Goddard School, learning for fun, learning for life.
3: Hey guys, it's Dylan Welch, he's Tyler Burnett We're the co-hosts of the Rip the Fence podcast If you like traditional non-wing dirt track racing
4: We've got the podcast for you Shane Meal trying to drive away I can't do everything But I could do anything and everything I wanted Before I got injured So, Just like many of the great podcasts going We invite racers in to talk And they tell us their life story And it's how I feel that matters It's the Rip the Fence podcast available on MRN.com And your
3: favorite podcast app
1: Getting to School is presented by The Goddard School, the best childhood preparation for social and academic success. Visit GoddardSchool.com for more information. The Goddard School, learning for fun, learning for life. So, Nick, you know, with your little rugrats running around, you got two and one, so Mm -hmm. you have three total, and I have four total. You know, uh, I've always worried about puberty hitting my kids, you know, and it's hit one of mine right now, and it's just like an explosion i don't know what to do i'm reading books right. i'm googling everything i'm asking everybody you know because she just she just turned 12 i mean she's about to turn 13 right so uh, i'm a little nervous you know i mean does that bother you at all or is it just something like
2: wifey's gonna handle well it? i haven't even thought about it honestly <laughs> well, I'm my making kids are about my it. oldest is 10 he'll be 11 uh, this year so yeah i don't know i, I haven't even thought about it. you haven't even thought about it I'll And I'll it. your, your kids are home awkward Conversation with my wife in bed one night. I'm sure, like, what are we gonna do? I don't know. Because <laughs> she homeschools them as well, right? Which yeah. is very impressive. Because
1: there's so much time and energy. Can you imagine right. yourself being homeschooled?
2: No, back then, <laughs> no. I, I don't think it was honestly as accepted as it is now, really? either. You know, mm-hmm. and uh parents work so much that I don't think it could have been even been was even crossing their mind. Mm. I mean, you were shop schooled, right? You 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 grew up in the shop, Orin,
1: with your dad.
3: Yeah, holding the flashlight. <laughs>
1: yeah. What type of student were you in high school?
3: Uh I mean, uh, like coming up in high school I played like all kinds of sports. Mm-hmm. Any sport I could do. Um no, I just went to a small public school right here down the road, Concord High School.
1: Oh, local boy. Yeah. Yeah. You have that um that mentality, you know, that old local homegrown boy mentality. But like I said, we alluded to it earlier, you know, you always weren't a starter at HMS and it seems like now and you know with experience and time you, you're shining as well as Covey you know you've always been shining you know you you came out and um, you started right away on 88 car you know for some reason I always tied you to the 48 but you were an 88 guy and you really were fast-tracked
0: a lot right, faster yeah. than a
1: lot of other yeah, athletes was how was that super, can yeah. you talk a little bit about
2: that um it was good um you know I moved up it was uh, my first year it was like a half a year that we got brought in the next year we did uh we backed up it was the back then. Used to get an extra guy or two that would go to the track. Now that they've done the, uh, you can only have a number, certain number of guys. Mm-hmm. So we would run tires, set up the pit box, anything the old eighty-eight guys wanted. Yeah, you know, go get them food. You go get them. It didn't matter what it was. You Who was the here. starter in front of you? Uh, Jeff Cook. Jeff Cook. Yeah, Cookie. <laughs> yep. So then I moved in. Uh, that my, I guess my second year in, they said, "Here Your you go." Second
1: year, you're starting on a house car. Right. And Hendrick Motorsports. Yeah. People don't understand how how um big that is. That doesn't happen. That never happened prior right. to y'all, you, right. you know, coming into the sport. Yeah. And I say y'all because there was a time period where, I mean, Hendrick was just popping out athletes like crazy, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, just guys were just picking up on it so well, you know, and all these guys are on other teams now and doing really, really well. Right. Yeah, <laughs> when you look back at that, yeah,
2: they are. There's a lot of guys that still – they came in after, I say my class, I guess, my my class and the class after me with, like, myself and the Matt Vermeers and the Kevin Harris's, Vermeers coaching now, but uh, Cam Waugh, who else we got out there? Um, RJ, Barnett, uh, that's all, like, part of our first class that came in mm-hmm. here. Austin Dickey, like, guys are still doing it and starting on cars from that first, from 10 years ago. I believe
1: your class had a lot to do with the precedent set in crew members being crew members only.
2: Right. It, athletes, it was at least at Hendrick. Only. It was that's what of it the seemed first like.
1: One, yeah, you know where it wasn't frowned upon like it was right. prior, where if you only did pit stops, they thought you weren't as valuable as somebody who knew pit stops in a car. Right. But in actuality, when you have somebody who's focused on building a race car and pitting, I mean that's just physically and mentally exhausting. Yeah. And then you have to pit a race. You know, it just seemed like your only focus needs to be on changing tires. Would y'all agree? Yeah. One hundred percent. So, I mean, let's talk about that. What are some of your most memorable um, instances in the sport, in As you, uh,
3: I've got, I've got two. I think that stand out, um, and actually, both happened at the same racetrack. Really? Um, we we're talking about kind of cup wins right before the break, and I don't have any cup wins like going over the wall. But um, my first year behind the wall of twenty four, um, I was part of the team when we won with Jeff. Jeff. Oh,
1: that was my Brickyard win.
3: No, 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 at uh, Martinsville, his last win ever.
1: Oh, you're talking about Martinsville?
3: Yeah. I don't know why you said the Brickyard.
1: Did you say the Brickyard or am I, I thinking know. Brickyard? I might have. I'm oh. thinking <laughs> So, no, Martinsville, I, so you wanted cl- Yeah, that one's pretty cool.
3: Yeah, and then um, also the the first time I went in for a cup car was at Martinsville as well. I think Chad had a stomach bug or something really bad in Martinsville, and I found out like an hour and a half before the race I was going to do it. <laughs> um, so I did the five car, but, like, it kind of went in with everything with my dad and all that. Uh, us moving down, like, you know, 20-some years before, for him to go work on the five car. And then all the years, years later, I get put in on the five car.
1: What are those talks with your dad like? Do y'all have any? Does he sit back and say, hey, son, look at you, following in my footsteps. No. I'm so
3: proud of you. No, he's uh. <laughs> I mean, he's he's a really good uh, teacher. Mm-hmm. So all the guys in the shop kind of look to him, you know, yeah. for stuff like that. But no, nah, he's uh,
1: he is good at what he does. And yeah. you, you, his father is the type of fabricator that I mean, he can make something out of nothing, you know, out of with anything. So yeah. that that was pretty cool and and um, watching him do it as well. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So Martinsville is your most memorable. What about you, Nick Covey?
2: I mean, we did win the Daytona 500 one year uh, with the 88 car, so that's that's pretty, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would say that's up there as far as NASCAR ranki- rankings, right? Um, but no, that, um, winning uh, 2013 pit crew of the year, the mechanics wear, that was pretty mm-hmm. cool, um, getting that award. I would say that's, pit crew-wise, that's the highest award that you can win. Um, so yeah, winning that was pretty good. All the wins have been great. I won a championship with uh, William Byron mm-hmm. uh, a few years back.
1: Um, Let me ask you this. Let me test you right now. You were the Jackman for Dale Earnhardt Jr., correct? Right. How do you say his name in public? Dale. Okay. Does he have any other nickname? Junebug. Junebug. <laughs> <laughs> okay. June. Okay. What do we call him? That's it. I'm going to teach you, you know what we do. Okay. What we do is I mean, my people, you know, people from Stone Mountain, Georgia. All right. Well, when you see when you see Dale Jr. walking around, you don't say Dale Jr., you say Dale Jr. Dale Jr. Jr. <laughs> Dale, yeah. And then when you're walking out the track, you couple that with Dale Junior, raise hell. <laughs>
3: I ain't never heard of that one.
2: You ain't never heard of that?
1: Nah. What about all hail, praise Dale? I've heard that. Okay. Yeah, so we yeah. call him Dale. Junior, and you failed that, right. by the way. You should have known that. It's not June Bug, It's not Junior. It's Dale Junior. It's,
2: it's Dale, yeah. <laughs> Everything is Dale, yeah.
1: Anyways, so from Dale Junior to where you are now in the 47 car with Ryan Priest. Right. You know, and, and as a veteran crew member, there's certain things you have to do to get that driver to help you, us out and mm-hmm. perform our job. Have you had that opportunity, or have you come across instances where you've had to you know, wrap your arms around a younger driver and priest.
2: Yeah, we actually, uh, which Ryan's an awesome dude because he's open to the fact that, you know, like a lot of these drivers, sometimes, especially with the new guys, younger guys, you don't get to talk to them as much. They kind of sit up in the hall mm-hmm. or they're kind of a little bit away, I would say, but he's more vocal with us. So it allowed us to get on to him about pit stops, about mm-hmm. how you bring that car in because that's a huge deal for anybody. If anyone doing pit stops, if your driver, you put your mark there for a reason, yep. right? And you put that sign there for a reason. So our deal was, hey, we want you to put your face on this sign, on this mark, every time, no and how matter how else what. was he going to practice? you know, Right. That. So we got him to come to practice one day, and we watched film with him for about 45 minutes, and we explained, hey, these are a few things. You know, I've pitted a few guys like the Jeff Gordon and Kevin Harvicks and the Dales. Like, these guys come in like this, and they mm-hmm. leave like this. And that's mm-hmm. what I've seen, and you see it on Pitt Road, Day in and day out, every week, these guys' rolling times are amazing. These guys stop on the dime every time, so their guys when they make their marks on pit road, they know exactly where to go. Mm-hmm. You know, you make that mark for a reason, so you tell yourself to be here on a perfect stop. So if you can get that nose and that car to just stop right there every time, then you don't really have an excuse on the driver, Mm-mm. which takes a big part of it out. You know, if they're stopping short, if they're stopping long, which in certain cases there will be. But we move our sign for Ryan, depending. He doesn't need to know. All he needs to know is we're nosing in. But that sign, you still stop on that sign. Yep. You know, if we don't even tell him to stop short. We'll move the sign. We just say, hey, move. put your nose on the sign. He'll know. But it doesn't mean stop short of the sign. It means still stop on the sign.
1: And see, that that's the importance of the behind-the-wall crew.
2: Right. And of him
1: being receptive to opening up and asking his crew members, what do y'all need right. from me? 100%. We need more drivers to do that. And I'm pretty sure all the upper echelon drivers are doing that. The crew yes. chiefs are making sure their drivers are in tune with what they need to do to have uh, good pit stops. Right. So that's good that you're doing that. And then I, I, I'm pretty sure that he takes – all the advice you give him considering the caliber of drivers that you have pitted <laughs> before, right. you know. No, he does. He's very open
2: to it. It was, it was really good. It was, good. it was a good session.
1: I like it. Hey, we got clutch performers coming up, and uh, it, you might be a little surprised that who won the Clutch Performers Award uh, award uh, this week. So uh, be sure to come right back. Um, we got the last segment, marine Crew Call. What's up? Vaughn Gittin Jr. here. How would you like the keys to a 700 horsepower, custom
4: built Ford Mustang RTR? Designed by none other than NASCAR champ Joey Logano, the RTR design team, and me. It's one of three Mustangs you could win in the Money Lion Here We Roar sweepstakes. How do you enter? Just text Roar to 95615 or visit Roarsweepstakes.moneylion.com.
0: No purchase necessary. Instant 2019. Must
4: be 18 or older. For official sweepstakes rules, visit Roarsweepstakes.moneylion.com.
1: NASCAR Coast to Coast on MRN.com and Motor Racing Network's Facebook. Join me, Kyle Ricky, and Hannah Newhouse as we talk with the next generation of NASCAR stars and established local and regional racers each Wednesday at 1 Eastern time. Or subscribe, download, and listen on your favorite podcast provider. NASCAR Coast to Coast, grassroots NASCAR racing from the Motor Racing Network veteran drivers and rookie drivers NASCAR Today Midday keeps you up to date with all your favorites each weekday.
4: It's a dream come true a lot of you know the path that I've gone down There's a lot of opportunity with, with the package changes you know with the Chevrolet and the work they're putting in and I know one thing's for sure it's good to have my name on the top of
3: the cup of car.
1: Don't miss any of the breaking NASCAR news with NASCAR Today Midday only on the Motor Racing Network the voice of NASCAR <laughs> We're back with my favorite part of the show, our Clutch Performers of the Week. And like I said, I alluded to the fact that naturally you want to give it to the one guys and Kurt Busch's team for winning, but um, I feel like he didn't do it on his own. And that's why that work goes to the number 42 pit crew of Kyle Larson, Chip Ganassi Racing's own, you know, Kurt Busch's teammate. But at the same time, they put their car out in position to leave in third, to be right behind their teammate in Kurt Busch, and that consists of Michael Roberts as the front tire changer, Steve Price, who was on our show a couple of weeks ago, rear tire changer, Shane Wilson on the Jack Phil Foster tire carrier, recent guest as well, and Mike Metcalf, Jr. Congratulations on your Clutch Coffee performance of the week award and pushing your teammate, Kurt Busch, number one, to a very exciting victory in Kentucky. In the nighttime hours. So that was exciting race. Congratulations, number 42 team. You know, as a tire changer, you guys are divas in my mind. you have always whining. You're always complaining. You'll get paid the most. You have the most responsibility. But, you know, whatever. Whatever the case may be. But there are things that happen to you guys that makes me laugh a little bit in my heart. Because, you know, I do have a little jealousy to the fact that I can't change tires. Yep. You know, else so I would be a tire changer. But... Tell me about an incident that happened with you, and um, a lug nut was glued to your face,
3: it looked like. <laughs> yeah. It was stuck. No, me- um, it was- uh, Show last- the picture.
1: Go ahead, and what happened? Yeah, oh. it was
3: last Martinsville, lug nut flew up inside my- There it is. Oh, yeah.
1: It's in your glasses right now. Yeah. Ooh, uh, look oh, look yeah. at your face. <laughs> I mean, it bounced
3: off the ground perfect, and then slid up underneath my, my lenses of my glasses. Mm. and it was kind of rattling around. Even that war wound. Here it goes. Um,
1: Can we see it go? Yeah. Ooh. So
3: I have one eye closed here, and I, <laughs> I was trying to get out of there as quickly as I could. And it, I made it worse. I yanked on my helmet, tried to get it out, Ugh. and it slid down and got pinched you, in between my, my lenses. Were you talking
1: to yourself in your mind when that happened or I mean, you trying
3: to ignore it? This only takes like you know two seconds here, <laughs> but I can't tell you how many thoughts ran through my head in those two <laughs> seconds. Like I'm going to lose Dude, my eyeball you know I what mean.
2: happened to you look at your face Nick
3: Covey <laughs> yeah Covey looks at me Covey. after the stop and he's like
2: dude
1: <laughs> speaking of which Covey I have a question for you and this comes from uh, a jack man a, a developmental jack man uh-huh. and he's asking I would say his name his name is Jordan mm-hmm. and he's uh, asking you is there a way to prevent your jack from getting stuck underneath the car I don't know. I've never had that
2: problem, knock on wood. Mm,
1: never had that problem. No. So is there anything you do that prevents that from happening?
2: Uh, I think he's talking about when it drops. Right, when it drops. Sometimes you catch that rebound at certain mm-hmm. tracks. Um, it depends. You can probably try to raise your jack post a little bit if, mm-hmm. the, uh, if the crew's willing to do that for you. Okay. Um, but a lot of times we'd like to run them lower so we don't have to peg as hard. But um, no, I would just say uh, when it drops, you've got to kind of anticipate that and pull, uh, you want to pull up on the jack instead of pulling straight out. It's more of a drop. And you kind of you'll lift the back of it and pull it out. I think that seems to help a little bit. That's at least what I tell my carriers or something. You know, on a two tire stop now to drop the car. I think that's what happened yeah. on a two tire stop. Yeah. Um. It's normally on the right it's a lot side of when guys he drop. That don't drop their car normally. They don't know that feeling. So you got to know if you're going to have rebound. You got to know certain tracks, certain springs are going to be softer than others, and you got to know that you're going to have that. Um, but a lot of times these things that are happening, like when we had our, our carrier on this, I would tell them, hey, make sure when you drop this thing, pull it out because it will get stuck. It's just after repetition, after repetition. And it it's not just out, it's up. It's more of a out and up. Out and up. Yeah, it's like kind of like scooping it backwards. If you can think of trying to scoop it into the ground and pull it out, I guess is the best way to think of it. Okay, that makes sense. I hope that answers
1: your question, Jordan. I won't say your last name for anonymity. I just, you know, we all hate being exposed <laughs> right. when we mess up in our in our line of work. But at the same time, it does help getting veteran
2: um, advice because I'm well, – you said it's never happened to you, but, I mean, right. preparation. It's been close. It's, it's been close. It's been close for sure. Um, a lot of times you get lazy on the left side. Sometimes, you know, you'd be dropping with one hand, and you just, <laughs> oh, no. Like, you got to – I don't know. I don't know how to – that's the best I can explain it. It's almost like if you can dig down and pull it out. Well,
1: guys, like I said, we appreciate you coming on the show today. And um, anything you want to say as as it relates to New Hampshire and what you're looking forward to in the race this weekend?
3: Yeah, I mean, New Hampshire, a lot of times it's a track where chain setups in the rear. I mean, they you have mm-hmm. tires going to be low a lot of times. I mean, I don't know if this new package will change anything, but. Uh, That's what you're going to be looking out for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, don't have to bump you know, the left side, hopefully the tires will come up. So non-liners, non-liners. Yeah. Well said. Non
1: <laughs> You're talking like a carrier now. <laughs> well, I'm not. That's why I like them.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what he means is there's going to be some light tires out there in New Hampshire. You know, those inner liner tires, you know, they can, they can wear on you pretty good uh, on a, on a hot race day. Right. <laughs> That's
2: it. That's it. Especially Got when you're not a carrier.
1: I appreciate y'all coming on the show. Good luck out there in New Hampshire. Ball out on them. And, um, you know, shoot for them top tens and finishing on that lead lap and just doing what y'all do. You know what I'm saying? Uh, thanks, Roger. <laughs> Appreciate y'all, man. Uh-huh. The bearded one.